0: Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe with another edition of the NAIA F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. That's right. Our friends at AdCraft USA have stepped up their game to become the presenting sponsors of our podcast and live show. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering, Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping, and helping your customers if they have questions so you can get back to the game. Find them online at AdCraftUSA.com and AdCraftWebstores.com. All right, guys, tonight on the NAIF Ball Podcast, we have Concordia Head Coach Josh Schumacher. Coach, how are you doing tonight?
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Hey, it's our pleasure. Um, you know, last year was a bit of a weird year. Uh, possibly the most understatement uh, of of the month so far. Y'all getting back to normal up there with uh, with how things are going?
1: Yeah, it's uh, things are you know kind of working back into place. Uh, still a little bit different. Uh, we have a few less guys around this summer because, uh, Michigan was still pretty kind of locked up at the beginning of summer. And so our guys from Ohio and Indiana kind of wanted to go back home. But, um, our guys are working hard. We're, you know, found ways last year to work hard, not being on campus. And so, you know, guys are doing that now. So we miss having as many guys on campus. But, uh, you know, they know what they have to do and, uh, the competition that we place. So we're, um, optimistic and looking forward to oh, uh, getting back into some normalcy in the fall
0: I know um, you know just due to outside factors that y'all couldn't control there was there were some weirdnesses and how y'all had to do games and crowds and all that sort of stuff are we looking like we're gonna be yeah I
1: think so I don't think we're gonna have any issues
0: uh, this fall so good definitely looking forward to Playing the games and having the stadium full and
1: having that experience that uh, guys look forward to and dream about. And that was the toughest part of this last season. It's just, you know, you guys hope, you know, they have certain hopes and dreams and you want to see things play out, you know or in certain opportunities, you think, and then you don't kind of get that. But uh, certainly life lessons learned. It's a roll with the punches. And uh, our guys, I was really proud of them and our coaches, how they handled it. And uh, really proud of what they did this past season.
0: Coach, last year was a really big season for Concordia. Um, You go undefeated in regular season play. We talk about the gauntlet for mid-states. Uh, especially as far as the Mideast is concerned. You beat Marion and St. Francis in the same year. I understand it's the first time that's been done in school history. Talk to me about getting through the gauntlet unscathed.
1: We're happy to brag for our seniors. It was something pretty special uh, at their senior uh, night, or excuse me, um, at our banquet. Our seniors did not lose a game in the state of Michigan, uh, while they were in college and so uh, this was the first time that we had Mary and Aunt St. Francis at home uh, while I've been head coach and uh, so they uh, got them both at home in the same year and we were able to uh, take those close wins out it's a competitive league and it comes down to um, really just small details and close games at the end and finish them out we've over the years have been able to come out on top uh, a lot of times we've also had you know our hearts broken when St. Francis blocked our kick and returned it for a touchdown in 2019 at their place with under a minute left. And, uh, so it, it's, we had lots of close games this year and, uh, you know, I think for our guys though, and it's just human nature that you want to, you know, you want to be comfortable and, uh, whether it's, and there's some comfort in just getting smacked where it's like, uh, yeah, we can't win this game. You know, some people think, or it's like, Hey, we're a big and you start to relax. And, uh, I think our guys have really embraced just that, uh, being un- being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and playing in tight games, and just you know, I th- that adrenaline, that feeling in your stomach—that it's like you never know what play it's going to be that's going to win the game. And uh, it's just—it's really the Mid States is really exciting, and I think you know that. Uh, but you know, I, I really think um, we've seen some wild games uh, while I've been at Concordia, and it's—it's it's a ton of fun,
0: and I—I I love getting to be a part of it. To your point, only one of your regular season matchups in 2020 was decided by more than a single score. Talk to me about about that beginning of the month of April. Um, you know, that, that had to be tough for you and your guys. Um, you know, you get done with Madonna, you um, uh, win 61 17 there, um, and then you, you got to sit on your hands for the next couple of weeks uh, against Indiana Wesleyan and Lawrence Tech. Uh, before you get to go into the playoffs Uh, tell me about how that all came went down
1: yeah that was that was really hard Um, you know we were looking at you know in the coaches poll we were ranked fifth and really thought if we were able to play Indiana Wesleyan and come out with a victory because it wasn't a very good program uh, that it would give us an opportunity to be ranked number four and you know to uh, you know we look at it and uh, look at the different situations, the national champs over the year, and there's not a lot of teams that win multiple games on the road in the playoffs. And not that that's an excuse, but it's just kind of, when you look at it, it's not easy to do back to back weeks on the road and um, in the playoffs. And so it was humbling to, um, you know, have to call and tell Indiana Wesley we weren't able to play because we lost an entire position group, you know, because a lot of guys in position groups end up living together in the dorms or off campus. And, uh, you know, we kept finding a way to make it work. And, uh, finally on Friday, you know, I, our trainer talked to our athletic director and they called me
0: in and told me. And so I had to call Coach Langs and then went down and told, you know, started with the
1: guys that were in the weight room right then that we were shutting it down for a while. And, uh, it just, you know, not, it's not fun to, to bear tough news like that. And, uh, you know, it's really tough to, you know, look at your seniors and tell them those things because really, you know, we didn't, you don't know what's next and what's going to happen. you know, we knew at that point we'd have it at least be, because uh, Lawrence Tech had already canceled. Mm-hmm. So we knew we'd be at least co-conference champs, uh, even if we had lost in in Wesleyan. And uh, so, but, you know, it just, you guys work so hard to compete and we practice so much in the fall. It, that was, that was tough. You know, we played the Madonna game without uh, quite a few starters already. And, uh, you know, we were
0: we miss we were missing guys in, in our game against Georgetown, our All-American
1: left tackle, Don Corlew. You know, he's a captain for us, broke his foot the week before our game, our first game against Siena Heights. And, uh, you know, what And I remember just being so broke up about it. Um, and, you know, here I'm sad for him. For a little bit, I'm sad for me and our coaches and our other guys. And all of a sudden, you know, you got to get out over that quick um, and stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, but it happens. And you think about, you know, him. And then at the same time, I always think it's tough as a coach because while you're kind of mourning a season-ending injury uh, for a guy that wor- that's worked really hard, been awesome, and a great leader in your program, it's also, you know, it's like a, a new birth and a new opportunity for um, – someone else on your team and so you're kind of juggling like this you know not that it's certainly not as big as like a funeral and a birth but I feel like it, you know in some respects it's similar to that where it's like you're juggling um just the end of something and a new opportunity for someone else and so each time that kind of happened to us you know we try to you know uh obviously be respectful to the guys who were injured and those guys stuck around and were awesome Teammates and guys that had to sit out or be, you know, out for two weeks with COVID, and you're trying to stay connected to those guys while game plan, prepping your team, making sure guys are taking care of their business, um, and you're trying to get that next guy ready to go. But you're also not trying to just forget about the guys that you know have been with you for so long and are just missing out stuff, um, especially the guys that missed out in their final season of their you know playing career. So, you know, it, it was it was an emotional. It was an emotional year, and, uh, you know, we, we end up losing to that a really good Lindsey Wilson team, and, you know, they're very good, and uh, you can see over the years how hard uh, the coaching staff and their players have been working at it, and, uh, you know, we definitely,
0: you know, we've seen what it takes to win a national championship, and that's what we're working for.
1: You know, we want to continue to do that, and, uh, you know, we're proud of our team and what they've accomplished this year, and they've winning the conference for the first time is something that uh, people didn't think was going to happen at Concordia when, I, when we first got there. And I'm really thankful our athletic director, you know, gave us, gave me the opportunity to come in as a high school coach eight year nine years ago now, come in as his defensive coordinator. And uh, just to, because I remember there were some, there were some people there that's like, oh, you're never going to beat Mary and St. Francis,
0: St. Xavier. And uh, we've done those things. And, you know, it's been fun to to
1: dream and work at those things and accomplish them. It's, it's truly been, outside of my family, the best experience in my life. And uh, you know, I love our guys and our alumni, and so it's special. And so we're really proud. And you know, I know a lot of our alumni are proud of what you know, the guys were able to do this year, even though it was abbreviated, not quite the way we would have hoped.
0: What was your messaging like after y'all, y'all get through watching the bracket reveal? Um, from the NAI. What was your messaging to your guys about having this five twelve matchup and having to travel?
1: Honestly, you know, we, we were ticked. Um, we were frustrated that, uh, you, know, we've, you know, we've played, uh, in the last four years, we've played six playoff games on the road. You know, we've not gotten a home game and, you know, really felt like we earned it. And, um, you know, our guys are upset about it. And so, uh you know, we you know, our guys wanted to wear the red jerseys on the road. We didn't allow that. Just you know, definitely you know, our guys had a chip on their shoulder, and so um, our guys were ready to go. And you know, I thought they came down and played a good game against Georgetown. You know, but it was—I'll keep some of that private. But you know, mm-hmm. our guys were—we're not—they're were not happy about it, and uh, we were working really hard. You know, we we're, we were uh, working hard to get. Um, if it would have worked out to be able to host a second-round game, we called and made lots of different connections to be able to play a game to Bowling Green, um, and different people were setting that up, and we'd have the opportunity to host a game. You know, that certainly didn't uh, play out, but we were frustrated that we didn't have more than about 24 hours to come up with some solution that didn't involve us driving six hours. And so, um, you know, I it, that was tough. I, I don't I don't know how much – tough to put a positive spin on it because you would have loved to have – had that home game rather than, you know, making that 12-hour trip back and forth. I was thankful that we weren't sent to uh, Georgia because we've done that twice before, and that's a, about a 12-hour bus ride, 11, 12-hour bus ride for us. And uh, so it was, at least we were in Kentucky. So we, we tried to be optimistic about that and take advantage of the opportunity that we did have because, you know, you can only do what's in your control. Hey, this is Cameron Dukes from the National Champions, Lindsey Wilson, Blue Raiders, and this is NAIF Ball.
0: Well, let's take a look at 2021, the year upcoming here. Um, watching y'all, especially down that playoff stretch, I was interested to watch your your passing game come together. Uh, you know, Cavonte uh, Brown and the rest of your your running backs, they did a really great job in your offensive line up front, setting the tone with the running game. But in, in – the playoffs. It was really, you know, the passing game that um, won, one the game against Georgetown, Georgetown, and and kept the game closed against Lindsey. Talk to me about your your offense going forward and uh, growing in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Uh, so, Coach Coddington, this was his first uh, year as our offensive coordinator Coach who um, was our offense coordinator before, and really did an
1: unbelievable job of helping us go from a three-win program to in last in the league in rushing in 2014 to second in the league behind Marion in 2015 with pretty much the same personnel. He um, he took uh, the job to go at uh, Morningside, and so you know, Coach Cottington was stepping in that year and his first year as offensive coordinator, I thought he did a lot of really good things. Uh, Obviously, you know, people would like to see us uh, score some more points and, you know, we want to score, no one wants to score more points than us. And, uh, but at the same time, we thought we did a lot of things well to, to win the football games that we, you know, within our league. And so uh, it wasn't like, you know, the sexy wins um, that you see from some places, you know, People would like to see us win more comfortably if we're going to be, you know, league champs and representing and doing those things. Um, and so as we kind of move forward, you know, we're, we're going to have a quarterback competition because uh, Peter Morrison, our quarterback, is uh, graduating, getting into coaching here. You know, we have a competition for that. Uh, We've got, you know, we had a transition. So we have Coach O'Hara who was working with D-line for us uh, in 2019, uh, moved into an offensive line coaching position with us, and he and Coach Glennie do a good job working together on our offensive line. And so really, you know, we want to continue to just grow in it, and, you know, as you see the teams that are the best teams in the country, you know, they really, they develop their systems, they uh, hone it towards their... You know, their best players and adapt and overcome. And I joked with Coach Coddington, our office coordinator, when I got to Concordia, you know, they hadn't won a game before. And so it's like, I, I, I was not good as a defensive coordinator at all. And, uh, but it was hard to tell, you know, cause we were just, we just weren't there yet. Uh, we were young. And, and so when he got to step in as office coordinator you know, you learn how to call plays and do things in the game and everything like that, you know, we're, top 25 team in the country and so I thought he did a really good job we, we improved throughout the year I was really proud our guys have bought in and really believe in our coaching staff and you know we, we, no doubt though we went through and reflected on uh, the things that we did to sharpen things up and, and uh, clean things up and so we've been doing that at an accelerated rate this late spring and this summer so that we can, you know, we just want to give our guys the best experience we can and put them in the best situation as possible. So that's definitely been a focus, but, we, you know, you do that every year and you do that on both sides of the ball as well as on special teams.
0: Coach, defensively, um, you know, that's that's been your calling card for the last several years with Concordia. You return a great bunch um, with Andrew Forster, Hunter Maynard, Aaron Ron, Casey Roush. Uh, who also pulls double duty as your punter, which is which is pretty cool. You know how is uh, Coach Straz and uh, the the folks over there? Uh, coach Straz being the MSFA Mid East Assistant Coach of the Year for last year. How's how is he and the gang going to continue to get better?
1: Those guys are hungry. They uh, you know they I would definitely say that there's a constant chip on the shoulder of our guys, and you know just constantly. You know we talked about winners find a way and uh you know i think we try to adapt each year uh we try not to say stay too stagnant within some of our schemes but we like to uh continue to grow those things so i can't say enough about coach Straz. he's uh he's a really good friend
0: of mine he was a senior my first year coaching at concordia and knew he wanted to get into coaching
1: right away and so he um really worked hard when I became a full-time coach we were able to hire him as a full-time coach and he
0: he really uh took control of our special teams full-time this last year and our special teams really were incredible he and Andrew O'Hara
1: who was a former Mike linebacker and punter force uh he those guys really got after it on special teams this year and uh you know really you know just make it make it fun make it exciting for the guys and so uh and that was, a, that was a huge part of our success this year. But, yeah, we're, we're excited about the group of guys we come back. I think our uh, defensive line, you know, I, th- I think our interior defensive line sometimes goes a little underappreciated, but I think we, we definitely have some animals up front up there, and we're excited about how many of those guys are coming back this year and, uh, you know, really kind of help control the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that definitely puts us in a good position, you know, to get to third and longs in those situations.
0: Coach, you've you've talked about when you started at Concordia, you know, you talked about the three win season. There are a couple of, of seasons where uh, you know, there was a goose egg on the left side there. Since you've taken over, you know, culture's really started to kick into high gear. You're you're on a a streak, a playoff streak here of making the playoffs. How do y'all benchmark a season? What's what's your floor? For for your team when you're coming in. Yeah, you know, my first year, I was you know
1: I got to Concordia, I was 27. They had had three seasons of uh, football, a club year, and then two varsity seasons where they hadn't won a game. And uh, Coach Priest, our athletic director, he's still at Concordia. He was my head coach my senior year at college at Concordia, Chicago, and uh, he he really is who helped build the culture and set everything in motion. And uh, so he, he really kind of gave me the opportunity to uh, continue on what um, he had started here and I was bought into, and the reason I left Las Vegas to come to Michigan. You know, my wife joked when we got married we could live anywhere but Michigan when we had visited there one time when we went through a snowstorm. And uh, sure enough, that's where we've been living now for eight years. But, uh, you know, he he coached shoulders, um who was his roommate in college. Those guys were the guys, that, you know, I really learned a ton from those guys um, in terms of building the culture of our guys, recruiting the right guys that we wanted to build our program around. And so, you know, when I had the opportunity to become head coach, you know, I wanted to continue on. I wasn't changing our mission statement change because that's why I took the job. You know, I took a pay cut to come out. My wife was going to have a job. My house was worth about 40 grand less than I paid for it. Um, and it was definitely one of those huge leap of faiths and the high school I left won the state championship my first year at Concordia, and we won one game. And, you know, when you look, you know, you kind of self-reflect, and it's like, man, what did, it, did I make the right decision? You know, was this the right thing for my family? Was I being selfish, just wanting to coach small college football? And, uh, you know, going through that um, that time, that process, really learning, um, just, I wanted to win so bad. Um, but just having that opportunity to, uh, Learn to coach just the guys the right way. You know, I learned, I give all the credit to Coach Priest for really teaching me that. And uh, I'm just really feel honored to get to coach at Concordia. You know, to a place where you saw the first win and uh, seen the success that these guys have done. And you know, my first year as head coach in terms of setting the bar, I didn't. I don't think I set it high enough. You know, that year um, we lost to St. Francis in the fourth quarter. Um, they went on to win their second national championship. We are beating them going into that. And then uh, we went down to Reinhardt, and they ended up losing the national championship. But we, we got our tails kicked. We went down there. I didn't do a good job of prepping our team for that game. You know, at that point, it was just we were excited to make the playoffs. And um, I don't think I talked about winning a championship enough with them and just setting that bar high. Um, our players certainly thought it. But, you know, I had some learning and growing to do as a coach. So now it's – I do think that uh, you can't get comfortable by getting some wins in the, you know, in the column. You know, you got to just continue to have that struggle that you're going to continue to work for it, and that's kind of where we're at. Uh, I tell myself, you know, going into each season, it's like, you know, we could very well easily lose to uh, St. Francis, Marion, Siena Heights, Indiana
0: Wesleyan, Lawrence Tech, Taylor. We, you know, we could lose. You know, these are these are good teams, upcoming
1: teams, and uh, we got to go out and earn. And there's no, um, there's no guarantee that we're going to do it. And so, you know, that's kind of, for me, starting in a humble place and then knowing you got to find a way to scratch out each one of those. And so that's kind of, in my mindset, you know, we, we, we believe we can do it. You know, we, we now know what it takes uh, to win a conference championship in an abbreviated season. We've got to learn how to do it. And normal, you know, in the fall, we've never won a conference championship in the fall so we try to find new things that we haven't done before and set our marks on those and uh you know just try to keep fueling and motivating our guys as and i think it always starts with the coaches uh quite frankly that uh if the coaches stay motivated you know your leaders and the older guys are in there talking to coaches the most they feed off that and it trickles down to your team and so uh you know if you want a hard work in a tough group Of players, you got to have a hard, tough-working group of coaches. So we we set the bar, knowing that uh, we want to compete with the best. We want to. Our goal is, you know, we want to win a championship, a national championship. And it sounds crazy to get to say that, knowing where we were eight years ago. But uh, that's what we're working for. And uh, you know, I I wouldn't say that less than that is a failure, but because you know, in my mind, the NAI is not. I guess in some ways, some people might view college football at the NAI level as a business, but I really think it's a, a co-curricular educational activity. You know, I think it's a true form of sport. And, you know, you're out there doing what's best for the team. You know, you want to make decisions and that, that isn't just best for the coach, but what's best for, you know, the best player on the team, best player, uh, as well as, the, you know, the last guy on the roster that when we make decisions, it's, it's for the best of us. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of how we operate and set the standard for our
0: guys. Well, coach, I definitely look forward to watching the Cardinals get back on the field this fall. Look forward to watching the mid States, um, both sides, mid East Midwest is really, um, Midwest has made some great strides in the, in the last couple of years and isn't, has increased the parity over there. Um, but you know, both sides are incredibly tough. Looking forward to watching some hard nosed football from all the teams over there. And, uh, just can't wait to have a, a regular season. Yeah, yes, I I think
1: uh, this gonna be awesome. You know, just to and for all these guys and all of us involved that um, you know didn't have that normalcy to get back into it. You know, you kind of just appreciate it. You know, I think you know everyone appreciates it a little bit more, knowing that uh, you know sometimes you start to assume that this is you know just here we go again. Um, but I think you know. Having that reset with COVID has changed that for us.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIA ball podcast powered by Adcraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com forward slash NAIAF ball become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.